when you first got to the league, who was the first person to bust your ass? Man. Paige Stoyakovich. Pays run off the screen. A lot of people may not know that him. Back but, door, oh, that back door, all that coming off that, yeah, that like, in the corner. I hate in the corner. In the corner. In the corner. And he can go either way. <laughs> he can either go back door or yeah. come off the off the big man. The game plan is you yeah. have to push up on him. If you don't, he's yeah. a sniper. He's gonna make the three. Yeah. So when you do push up on him, they was a team that could pass the ball with a lot of Divac, Jason yeah. with he would backdoor you every time, so it was like hard to guard him. Yeah. And he would kill me. He would he would at least have close to 30 damn near every time. Yeah, he, he got me a couple of games with this stuff. He, and everybody. I pressed <laughs> I pressed stuff on. I just sold for the back door. I just turned and yeah. like, nah, you going you back door. I'm gonna try hey, to get this bounce pass dividing them. Sometimes they got it through there. That's sometimes one they that, didn't. That's one that we haven't had on here. Well, you know what? Let me go back. Page bust my ass first game in the NBA, but Summer League, when I first got drafted. Played the summer league down in Long Beach, California. Hey, yeah. Pyramid. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. See, see, we, we played, played that. That, that, yeah. that was when Our JoJo and Kiki Pullum was in the bit of yeah. our things. That's when I got invited to the NBA. Paul Pierce gave me that work Ooh. in the summer league. Because we was the same draft, so he, he definitely gave me that work. I know. He, he put was it on my head. in L.A. too. He put it on my head. I, I, that, he definitely did that. But it woke me up a little bit. It was like, all right, I got to really be ready to play with these boys. Yo, 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 we live on location. We had to come all the way to H-Town to get my 1998 classmate brethren, you know what I'm saying? You a young boy, you don't know about this. This <laughs> McDonald's game, 98, this is the NBA world champion. This is the Seattle Supersonics all-time trifecta three-point shooter right here. You know what I'm saying? We got my man, Sweet Lou, Sweet in the Lou. building. <laughs> NBA Thank you for world champ. Class of 98, McDonald's yes, game representative. We here, y'all. Straight out of high school. Straight out of high school representative. <laughs> My bad. We can't forget that because he did that. Then he went for a max. Okay. Holla. Presented by Hennessy. So you born in Louisiana. Yeah. How you get to Houston? Man, I don't even know. I was so young when I came to Houston. You know? I was a baby. My mom, we've been living here my whole life. But yeah, definitely born in Louisiana. I was so young at the time, I don't even remember living in Louisiana. So I really called Houston home. At what point did you really, really start hooping? I know we first played against each other like 15. But like, right. at what point did you really start feeling like, all right, I want to hoop, hoop? I would say probably 10th grade. Because, uh, you know, growing up in Texas, it was all football. Mm -hmm. I started off playing Little League football for the Raiders. You know, I was receiver, running back. I was athletic. I was athletic. Mm -hmm. So I pretty much played both ends of the field. But um, I really wasn't committed to basketball. I never played Little League basketball. I played in middle school. My first time playing organized basketball was in seventh grade. And I was okay. I was just athletic. But I would probably say when I got to high school is when it really – clicked into my mind. They gave me an option. I wanted to play football because I was so big in it and my, my brother was a year in front of me and he played football. I wanted to play with him. But over that summer from eighth grade going into ninth grade, I went from 6'6 six, six to 6'8. Six, and that's only in a couple months. And I grew, I hit a growth spurt. And then I, when I walked into the gym when I got to high school, the coach looked at me and he was kind of amazed. He already knew I was athletic, but I grew so tall. And they told me, I wanted to continue to play football in my ninth grade year. But he came to me and told me, if you want to be on varsity, you have to quit football. But if you're going to play mm. football, you're going, you're going, we're going to put you on a freshman team. And you know, back then as a kid, 
ninth grade on a varsity team. I was like, Mom, I can be on varsity. Yeah. Like, I ain't playing football no more. I'm going to play varsity. And I was excited about just being on varsity. Yeah. But it was a learning experience for me because I was skinny. I was getting pushed around a little bit. And I was a little upset because I didn't play football. But I would go to all my brother's games. And I still was in love with the game of football. And I am to this day. But I still was in love with the game of football. I wanted to try out for the team every year. But something just told me just stick to basketball. Who taught you how to shoot? Who taught like you said, the, the you know, technique of shooting? Eight, those eight inches over one summer, I was always kind of playing both more of a guard role, yeah. you know. And then when I hit that growth spurt, I already had the jump shot. I never wanted to play center. But when I got to high school, my we coach got, made me play, play center. Yeah, he made play. me play center. <laughs> well, you got to say, Bobby, because we, we played center our whole high school career. And I didn't want to. But as soon as we got to the league, we right to the three. Yeah. You know, we playing the three. We playing on the wing all the time. Right. Because it's, right. it's, it's yeah. straight out high school. Back then, it's, it's real power forwards. <laughs> right, right. Real centers. Like, back then, when I was used, like, you're right, we was getting pushed around. Yeah. When I went to the Seattle Supersonics, my first game, I remember playing the Utah Jazz. I got Carl Malone down there. You know what I'm saying? And I'm looking like I was starstruck, first of all. Yeah, biggest While I'm warming world. up, I'm like kind of hey. nervous, starstruck. But, you know, playing the four position there, and I was skinny. It was tough for me. But I would just try to use my athleticism and quickness. Yeah, and quickness, trying to get around them and rebound by going around them, not necessarily using a lot of contact. Hey, so what point in high school you started to feel like, like, nah, I'm, I could be cool. I'm nice. Yeah, I'll probably say not till I was a senior. Mm. I mean, I knew I was pretty good, but playing AAU ball with the Houston Hoops. Right, yeah. Going to play all these top teams in the country and these top players in the country. <laughs> yeah. That's when I knew I'm not there yet. You know, I got some work to do. But in the city of Houston, dominating, averaging 30, doing what I do. Yeah. But when you play AAU ball, it's a whole different whole ball another game. level. It's a whole different level. What were some of them players and teams that you was Man, running into doing the team, AAU? What's the team with Jerron Rush? Call it, what, that was Kansas, the, uh, was the, the, the Kansas City Hospital. Was it a hospital team? Something. No, what was they called? CMH. 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 That was them. They, they, they was team. They was like they all had Earl Watts, yeah. Mike Miller. Like, they, country, they used to have Kevin Braswell. They, they had people tough. from everywhere all over the country on their team. The Rush Brothers, Corey McGetty from Chicago playing with them. We played in the, was it uh, the tournament down in Kansas? I don't know if it was a Spice Gym or so It was one of them Talking tournaments. Talking about the Peace Gym? No, nah, it wasn't in Kansas, but I remember playing CMH in the championship game. I remember the Illinois Warriors. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah. With Eric know. Barkley, with Elton Brand. No, that was, oh, that uh, was Riverside. Riverside. Riverside Church, I'm sorry. You remember we Not beat Illinois them in the Warriors. championship. Riverside we was the Warriors. You remember we beat them in the championship Riverside down there. Riverside uh, Church. Peace Jam. Peace Jam. We beat them in the championship. And they beat us in Peace Jam. They probably played the y'all after before, that. Yeah. But yes. I can remember before we played them, we warming up. They down there fighting each other. I think Ron Artest got into it with somebody else. I remember <laughs> they was fighting each other. We like, what they gonna do to us? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I can remember that to this day. What were some of the people that you watched coming up that you seen? I was a like a Hill fan going. Well, of course, I was a Houston Rockets fan. Kim Olajuwon, you know, uh, Kenny Smith, Robert Maxwell, Robert Orr. But I was a Grand Hill fan. I loved me some Grand Hill when he was in Duke and when he came out. Maybe yeah. because his demeanor and the way he approached the game. But I was big time Grand Hill fan, even though he didn't have a career he wanted because he was always injured. Yeah. But I, I don't know why I was so in love with Grand Hill. Do you remember going to, because you were Adidas guy for the yeah. whole time. You were like, Until you know, ABC we came camp. up, it was either Nike camp or Adidas camp. So, mm -hmm. like, you, junior year, going to junior year, we were at Adidas camp together. Mm -hmm. Al, LO, yep. everybody. That was the year that T Mac went from nowhere to number one. Pro, like, we yep. all was there. Yep. Then, 
it got to the point where I seen you like, okay, you know, we became Nike. He was still Adidas. Mm-hmm. But Nike camp was about to be so thick that like if you was a top player, he was in the top ten, like you had to come to Nike because yeah. he would have been the only one at Adidas and you gonna lose some of your ranking just right. by default. Yeah. So that was the year. You remember he was there. He was there that year, but he had his arm in the brace. That's when he yeah, became baby KG. Yeah. He got was <laughs> was ranked top five without even hooping. That year, all of us kind of Everybody c- went. Yeah. And all of us kind of cemented ourselves. Cause yep. it was like, that was the year. I think Corleone was probably the guy that he really guy. held on to yeah. his still top rank. Mm-hmm. Like by the end of the year, like we talk about that parade. Yep. But do you remember just how sick that Nike camp was? Just with the whole, basically the whole McDonald's team was at our Nike camp. And I camp. can remember, uh, cause going to Adidas camp, like you said, Tracy McGrady went there. And yeah. That's why I went to the Adidas camp. You know, uh, talking to people that recruited me to go there, it was like McGrady went there. He, you know, he did this, did that. He went pro, and you know, you kind of similar. You tall, and I can remember seeing McGrady play. First time I saw him play was in Vegas at the tournament out there, and he was shooting threes at a six nine. Yeah. So I was like, man, this kid is unbelievable. But I went there because he was a, little, a year older than me. But I went there because McGrady went to the Adidas camp, and then Sonny Vaccaro was also recruiting yeah. me at the time. But Adam Hall, I don't know if you remember him, one of my close mm-hmm. friends that went to Virginia. He was at the Nike camp and we was hit back and forward like, you know, what you doing down there? What you doing? And we was kind of, you know, seeing who's there and who's here. That when he came. And I, actually the Nike camp was a way better camp. All the top players went to the Nike camp. Yeah. But I went to Adidas camp because I saw Tracy McGrady do it. Right. And I wanted to go be like Tracy McGrady because yeah. he went pro. Yeah. And that was my motivation. That was hilarious. Back then, they also had the Magic Johnson Round Ball Classic. Yep, That's an that, Adidas game, right? Yep. Yeah. I, I went to the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Because they didn't have the Jordan game yet. That didn't exist. Uh, the, they just the, had the McDonald's game and the Magic Johnson Round Ball Classic. And, it, that was yeah. the two All-Star games. And the Kentucky Derby. Right, right, right. Yeah, they had the USA game. I played. We, yep, we both we played did. for that. We yep. both we played yep. for who? Uh, That's when Dirk Nowitzki was, was at work. <laughs> look, see, look, Dirk Nowitzki at work. I ain't get to play. <laughs> they was at Shout work. Out, what I was the coach's name? Um, Boo Williams. Boo Williams. Boo Williams. Man, ain't look. Remember Eric Brockie tried to fight him because look, he ain't played nobody. He only <laughs> yeah. played like him, Rashard, Al. They was going straight out of high school, so yeah. they was they was cemented. And then he played his guys, Ronald Curry and uh, mm-hmm. Jason Capel yep. and yep. I forget sure who else right. played. But he didn't, like, I played, like, literally, like, two minutes, bro. Like, Eric Barker didn't play. Eric Barker yeah, tried to fight Eric Barker was mad. Eric Barker tried he to fight He was ready to fight at the, the, the NCAA, the Final Four game. Eric Barker <laughs> tried to fight him. Like, because we got the, part of the thing was we went to the Final Four in San Antonio yeah. where it was, like, UNC. I forget everybody was there, but that was when Stack and She. Yeah, Stack and She yeah. was there. So we sitting there, like, bro, he tried to fight the <laughs> Eric Barker was hot. He ain't hot, like it. He ain't, he ain't like it. And he was like, because at the time, you know, Ronald Curry was really a more of, he went on to play football, bro. Right. Yeah. Like, Eric Barker was the better basketball player. Yeah. There's no shade, no hate, none of that. Right, but, like, right. you know, E. Barker was nice. He was nice. Yeah, For him to get nice. there and, like, was, like Boo Williams didn't play us, it's like, oh, boy. That's why I think sometimes it's a lot of politics in the game. It is. You know what I'm saying? It's, that who, that look, I got I was a late add-on. Remember, after McDonald's, somebody pulled out of something. I had a good McDonald's game, so yeah. I got added to that. But like he said, Dirk Nowitzki Dirk gave us that came work. in with the box. And we nobody knew who he was. <laughs> came in with the box and got 34. And Next I, thing you know, he going to the draft. And I think he was playing center that game. He was. But bringing it up the court, Buckets. little one-legged jumpers, <laughs> he was gave way, us that work. And little, they beat us, actually. They beat us, didn't they? Yeah, they beat us. 
I think we lost that game. Yeah, they beat us. I can't remember, but they beat us. I know. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I just like one, that, two point That's like a mental rollerdex delete for me because yeah. like I, I didn't get to play, so it was like oh, you look, yeah. I was checked out of that. She like real hot. Like damn, this week, like this is my first little experience with this right, shit. Like right. nah, especially being one of the top players in high school. Yeah. What made you go straight out of high school? Like who told you, or what was your process? Honestly, of making the decision. I was gonna go to college because uh, I heard rumors that I can go out of high school pro, but I didn't know if I would be able to go in the first round. And you know, going in the first round, going the second round, you're not guaranteed the country. Yeah, guaranteed the country. So I was like, I didn't believe the rumors. And then we had a, we played a, a my, one of my high school games against Hastings, which is our rival school, a school that's right across the street. And I'm warming up, going through the warm up line. And everybody, you know, I just hear whispers and stuff going on because the gym is crowded because they are rivals. And then I go to the bench, go to the huddle, and they everybody's like, yo, that's, that's Don Nelson underneath the basket. Big, tall dude standing underneath the basket. And I had no clue. I'm just kind of a kid getting ready for the game. Right. So I look under the basket, and he big, tall, and he's just standing there like, I'm just like, damn, okay. So maybe it is true. I, maybe I can. I do have a chance to go pro. But I went out there, played the game, had a good game. And I think after that game, that Don actually coming to the game, that's when I was like, well, maybe I do have a chance or an opportunity. Because everything you heard back then was rumors because you can't talk to agents. Yeah. You know, you can't talk to coaches. Everything was it was illegal to do that type of stuff. So everything you had to hear, you heard it from somebody else. And that's what made you make the decision? Well, when I then it started getting down to where will I go in the draft? You mm -hmm. know, because I don't want to just be one of those guys that don't make it into the league. Yeah. So when I started getting rumors that you top 15 pick, you're going to be in a lottery, and they actually, when they, when they invite you to the draft, that's when you know you're going at least in the first round. If it's not top 15, if it's the last pick yeah. in the first round, but you know you're going in the first round, and the Most first definitely. round is guaranteed contract. So yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. if I can get guaranteed contract and I can be a top 15 pick, I'm definitely going into the draft. Yeah. But we all know it didn't happen that way. By the time, because I don't remember, when we got to the McDonald's game, you hadn't made your decision yet, right? Nope. At what point did you decide, like, okay, or did you already know you say, just hadn't I would say, because I remember the yet. McDonald's game. I didn't start. I came off the bench, but I thought I played pretty well. I had like 17, 18 points. But when the decision came, it was doing the Magic Johnson Round Ball Classic because I got the MVP of the game. Mm. Yeah. I went out there and I balled, and I got the MVP. So I was like, man, maybe I can make it. You know, Maybe I can test the waters and go to the NBA. But those all-star games was my decision after going playing those games. I wanted to see where I was at. Because, you know, when you're younger playing AU ball, you're playing against the top talent. And those two games, you're playing against top talent. And I wasn't as good when I was younger, and I improved over the years and got better by the time I came to senior. And performing in those two games at a high level, and I thought I was able, I was competing very well, that's what kind of made my decision to go ahead and make that jump. Did you feel like you was the best player in your class? That's why I you feel made like I was jump? one of the best players. I, okay. I don't want to say I was the best player because – I knew what was out there. Was yeah. I knew Corleone Young was a monster. Yeah. You know, I played against him. He was a beast. Yeah, he's he was a beast. He definitely Man. was. <laughs> he was a beast. Definitely we was. Had, Kareem, no, Jerron, it was Jerron Rush. Jerron Rush. Rush was a beast. I mean, yeah. we, you know, I, I, seriously, though. Eric Barkley. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You mean, you think about Al, who went straight out with you. Al was Al like, Harrison. finished up with the top two guys and. 50, yeah. Corey, Richard Jefferson was no, our class. I we, got we, one of the best class. I think Al Harrington was the only one that went in the first round, actually, yeah, yeah, that Al year. Went like 25. He yeah. went in the first round. Me and Corleone went in the second round. Yeah. Or did Corleone go late first round? Nah, I know he, he went, went to Detroit. 
He went to Detroit. I can't remember yeah. whether it was first or second. But second I think round. Al Harrington was the first high school player. Yeah, he was like twenty three or twenty five. Yeah. I know that for sure. Cause mm-hmm. I like yeah, I, I can't went listen. second round. Yeah. I can vividly remember sitting there because after I left Nike camp, because me and Al was like kind of co MVPs in Nike right. camp. So at the Nike camp. I had the little whispers about, you know, scouts yeah. or whatever. Like, I remember going, we went to a tournament in Columbus. I remember Coach Butler, Larry Butler, calling me to the room and telling mm-hmm. me that, like, man, I went back to the room to see that and, like, yo, I'm out. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You know how it is? You a kid. You just, like, I'm out. But, like, that was that period where it was, like, this was becoming the thing. And yeah. it was, like, they was really putting the spotlight, like, looking at dudes. And right, I was, like, right. after I left Nike camp, I was, like, yo. My process was, like, kind of different than that because it was – the guys used to come to the game, it usually wouldn't be the coach or nothing like mm-hmm. that because we in St. Louis ain't no really teams or nothing around there. Right. But it'd be just guys that's representing the team. They had the polos on yeah. with the Polo. with the logo yeah, on. Yeah, on the shirt. But I committed before my senior year, playing my senior year. So you, one you had no, already committed? Yeah, I committed to St. John's in okay. November. So wasn't no college is coming yeah so every time it was a guy with a polo it was always an NBA team yeah. so they was NBA teams I'm seeing in every game all year yeah but my college coach like Mike Jarvis was like instrumental in telling me like yeah because I was saying like because of your situation mm-hmm. I was saying like man yeah I ain't going unless I'm top 13 right right Cause you don't want to slip into that second round. Yeah, yeah. cause I didn't want to slip into that second round. You know, it feel like, man, you damn near missed your chance. Right, and then not, not only that, when you, the rule was once you get an agent and into the draft, ain't no going back to school. Ain't no going ain't back. Ain't no going back to school. That's yeah. why I had tears in my eyes at the draft. Yeah. I'm thinking about, I'm a kid that's never been out of the States. Hey, you took me to these other cities. Right. Ain't no way I can go out of the country. I don't know, I barely know how to live on my own. I'm under my mama's wing. How was your like your workouts? How many workouts you do? Man, I worked my tail off when I especially when I went that second round. And you know, we had to I honestly, it was the year I got drafted, it was a lockout right after the draft. Mm-hmm. That's what really helped me. Because the draft really shot my confidence down to the ground. It hurt me. I ain't gonna lie. But going back home and having those couple months to kind of revamp my confidence and you know, a lot of NBA guys lived in the Houston area. A lot of them came down here to play. I can remember Sam Cassell, you know, Robert Ory, Nick mm, Van Nessel. Yeah. Uh, the list go on. Damian Jones, the list goes on as the NBA players that I worked out with. Yeah. And I built confidence every day, you know, playing with these guys. I was already athletic, but it was all about the confidence at the time and working on your game. And I built that confidence every day. And then once that lockout ended, flew to Seattle. And we had about a week before practice started. So we're playing pickup basketball. I went out there the first day, played pickup basketball, just on some hustling up and down, rebounding, tipping the ball, doing role player stuff. Mm-hmm. I came back the next day to play another pickup game. The coach and the general manager called me in the office. So I didn't know what was going on. They called me in the office and they basically told me, we're gonna give you a two year minimum deal. Man, I started crying. I called my mama on the phone, like, mama, you know, I made it, I gave me a contract, but this is all before camp started, cause I'm yeah. nervous. I got grown men I got to go against to try to make the team. Yeah, You know, I'm skinny. I, we don't lift weights in high school like they do pro. Yeah, So I was, I'm going to lie, I was nervous. I was scared. But I put the work in before I went to camp. And I think that's what really helped me build my confidence up. Tell me what it was like to go through. Because I can vividly remember you going through being in that green room. And I'm yeah. sitting there like, I'm a peer of yours, a classmate. I'm like. Man, this is crazy. Like, Man. and that, like, I was forever fearful from that. Like, right. tell me what that was like for you to sit there and go from where you thinking you're gonna be 
you know, who knows, a lottery right. pick. Well, definitely not where you went, but it's like to be the last person there, yeah. everybody gone, and it's like you with your family. Like, and this is your dream. Tell yeah. me how tough it turns your dream into what? Felt like my dream was being shattered right in front of my eyes at the draft. I wish I was at home watching right. the draft. I wanted to be at home that whole time. And then, like you said, everybody was out of the green room. I was picked to go top 15 pick. I've had a team tell me, if you dare – when our pick come, we're going to take you. But we don't think you're going to be there. Right. So that's basically telling me, oh, yeah, I'm lottery. Right. And in that green room, when the, all these names getting called and nobody in there, and it gets to that last couple picks in the draft, and I already know you have to try out for the team when you go in the second round. Before it even got to that last pick in the first round, I got up off the table and went in the restroom. because I, I remember that. I got up in the restroom because I didn't want to cry in front of the cameras, in right. front of everybody at the table, my agent, my mom, my family. So I walked to the restroom and I just kind of, <clears throat> I let it out. I just started crying, broke down a little bit because I felt like my dreams was being shattered right in front of my eyes as a kid, as a teenager yeah, coming out of high school. Exactly. So I can remember somebody came running in the restroom, you about to get drafted, you about to get drafted. Come out, come out. So I'm in there trying to like, you know, clean myself up, <laughs> trying to wipe my tears. But you can hear it in my voice. If you go back and look at nah, the, the draft, you can I, hear it in my listen, voice when they I interviewed remember. me. I was, I remember. So I'm trying to clean my face up and they're like, you know, we was already in the second round with the second round. See how the supersonic select Rashard Lewis. So I got my hat. I go out there, shake the hand and they gave me an interview, but I felt like I, I couldn't talk. You know, I was yeah. kind of stuttering and you could hear it. I was crying mm -hmm. in my voice. Yeah, it was the most moment. But I can remember the one thing I told him in that interview was my heart bigger than Texas. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to survive. Yeah. And I, and I found a way. Oh, yeah. You definitely survived. <laughs> like, I got something that worked when I was But I, honestly, that motivated me, man. It threw gasoline on fire. Yeah. I, it motivated me because I felt like everybody kept saying, you're not going to make it. You're too skinny. You're too small. you this. you that. And I just wanted to prove everybody wrong. My yeah. thing was prove them wrong. I relate. Like, me and him sitting there the same draft, obviously, you saw, like, and I, I felt like <laughs> 18. Yeah. Like, I ain't go, you know, as low as you went and like that, and I didn't get to that point, but, like, I was seething. Yeah. I was pissed. I was looking at every person. <laughs> like, the only person that was even getting any type of pass for uh -huh. going before me was him. Yeah. He was the only person out. Like, man, I was sitting there, I was like, I'm better than him. Right. I'm better than him. Who is he? I'm better than him. <laughs> like, nah. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, right. Man, listen, then right. I had to play the role. Cause like you said, like you playing over in my mouth and saw like, I'm mm -hmm. I'm not about to cry. I'm not about to do this. Yeah. I gotta make sure my family's taking a post. So I'm faking it. I got the cam caught yeah. up being all extra, make sure my pops, my sister them good. But like, bro, that was like the only thing that salvaged it, like you said, like when what salvaged it was like. I'm going to LA with my dog. Yeah. We about to fuck shit up. Yeah. Like that was the one thing that I, you, when I came in the back, what I said to you, you was like, man, cause he knew. Yeah. He knew I was, he's like, man, just say, nah, we good. <laughs> I said, we good. <laughs> and that's when they got us shaking up on camera in the yeah. back. I was like, cause I was hot. Yeah. I, I was bet. sitting there and I, it was me and Mo Pete. I mm -hmm. went before him and he went, he was the last one in there. And I was just like, he better than these dudes. Right, right. Like it was like, we got, discredited for being not freshman mm -hmm. or not coming out of high school because that was hot then. Right. He was a junior. I was a sophomore. They feel like y'all stayed too long. Yeah. I was looking like <laughs> we just munched everybody though in the workouts. Like I did like 18 workouts, right, bro. Right. Like y'all ain't just gonna, none of that don't matter. Yeah. They were telling me I was top 15. I had a good McDonald's game. 
You know what I'm saying? Like you tell me I was top. D Miles, before mm-hmm. you start talking, bro, you was the truth, dog. I you was a different player when you, came out. <laughs> when you came out. When you came out, man, you was different from everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm giving you I your had, flowers I now, bro. The, you was a whole different player, man. But bro. I had to prove that, that though, like he had to coming prove in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That I could play with these guys. When he was even wondering, is he talking about something? You know, I'm it's my year to come out. I'm in college. He's supposed to be the side. Right. <laughs> I'm watching him in the state finals and <laughs> Quadruple, quintuple, yeah. double. I said, boy, what you talking about? I say, <laughs> I, I say, everybody I'm already talking to, already talking about like, bitch, you lottery, like, what you talking yeah. about? <laughs> you just went to Boston and got in here and went crazy in the yeah. McDonald's game. I say, you is exactly what they talking about yeah, right now. You, you, you the hottest thing around. Hot, boy, he was hot. You had to play in them workouts. Like, who, who's oh, on the, some of the workouts you had to play again? Like, them college players yeah, them now workouts, that you got to play. I don't remember who I was playing against. But I can say that them workouts was hard for me. Yeah. Because I didn't go to college. I yeah. ain't, we don't live waste in high school. Yeah, we don't, we don't do, go an hour straight. Yeah, we don't do none of that. Like when yeah. they put me in, the, and I, but I got in shape to go do them. I think I worked out for about 14 teams, man. They had me out there grinding, man. Yeah. But I wanted to put the work in so I can show them I could play. But them workouts was hard. The court was bigger. Three-point line was longer. I was breaking threes. Like you wouldn't know how many threes I missed during those workouts actually becoming a good three-point shooter in the league because yeah. I wasn't used to shooting those threes. That, that Everything deep. was, it was hard. I mean, the full court one-on-one drills, the medicine ball, rebounding, the weightlifting. I weight hopped lifting. off the, the stress test. I hopped off the machine. <laughs> like, bro, I can't do that. That's, that's he crazy, did do, man. He did, and he did zero bench presses. At I couldn't the even get it off the board. Zero. Really? Man, zero. <laughs> I couldn't even get it off the bar like that. Hey, the... Meanwhile, Eton yeah. Thomas did like 80. He did like 80. Hey, bro, of them. See, he so... was always strong, though. That's yeah. why I didn't like playing against him because he knew how to use his body. Yeah. Not only he can shoot, he can score, but if I you try to bump 80. him a little I bit, didn't do 80. he knew Eton. how to use his body. I did, I did like, I don't remember. I did, I did like I did like 20 or something on the bench press. But Eton, bro, you know how you see some people with soon as they lift it, yeah. you already know. You already know he's he strong. Did like, he said, made it he look easy. <laughs> he said, <laughs> We was like, everybody was like, damn. I got, I got that mug off the boy. I said, that boy nah. can't get it up. We was like, oh, shit. I'm like, damn. I'm not okay, putting that down. Like, I'm not putting that down what? on me. <laughs> I feel it heavy. Hey, nah. Let me ask you this, though. You said one of the teams said, if you dare there at this point, was Houston one of the Houston teams? Right. They had everybody, three I think picks. everybody know they had three so, picks. So, like, tell me, like, because I had a team like that that was like, you there, you going yeah. Like, how do it feel when that team that told you that it don't happen? Man. It and was, you think this is like, you know, we kids. Right. We think they don't that. Oh, it's home. Is not yeah. true. And it's the crib. It was heartbreaking, man. I'm not going to lie. The, I can remember the picks that year. Um, Mirasan Turkline, which is the guy from Turkey, Bryce Drew. Uh, Michael Dixon. I think Catino went in the second round, mm. but Michael Dixon. Michael Dixon was a great player. He, was, uh, he yeah. panned out. That was a good pickup for them. Nice. Uh, but the other two, you know, Never. I, I yeah. kind of – and I can remember after being in the league for two year, two or three years, I used to always come back home and we would train at the Rockets practice. See, that's where we yeah. played pickup Everybody games. Play, yeah. And he was in the gym one day. Ooh, boy, I went at his neck because I took <laughs> it personally. He right. had nothing to do he with it. He had nothing to do with it. Oh, boy. Come here, boy. This is, I've been looking for you. <laughs> you you in my position. You in my spot. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I, 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 was, I was waiting on him. And I had my day that day. <laughs> in the league, like, what year or what time was it when you, you felt like I can really play on this level? Not only I can play on this level, I'm one of these boys on this level. I would say... My second year in the league, 
when we uh, – I wasn't a starter. You know, I would come off the bench, probably play five, ten minutes a game. But close to the end of the season, one of the small forwards got injured. So I started playing more minutes, and this is getting closer to the playoffs. And I probably averaged four points during the season. Uh, it's nothing big. But we played, then we got into the playoffs, and we had somebody injured. So I was started. I didn't play a starter's minutes, but I started in the playoffs in the first round against Utah Jazz, which we lost in the first round. But I think I averaged 14 points, and it was all off of being a role player. You know, running, rebounding, getting offensive rebounds, scoring. Over three. Hit the open three when, yeah. you know, Gary or somebody got the ball and they getting double team, hit the open three. And probably played 20 minutes, but I played hard. I played with a lot of energy. And that's when I was like, okay, maybe I can compete. And, you know, me going off of being in the second round, I only had got a two-year deal. So that's the Sonic sign re-signed me back for a three-year deal. So I was like, all right, I find out now I'm in. Now I'm in the NBA. Now let's work off this three-year and continue to get better every year and try to do it again after this three-year contract up. But it was my second year in the league when we played the Utah Jazz in the first round. I averaged 14 points. And I think that was like my coming out part of being the NBA player. How was it for you? You our age, you up here, so you get drafted, and then you get to Seattle, and now you got Gary Payton as a teammate. <laughs> this is your funny. first you time getting Gary to meet Payton as a teammate. First time. and then you missed. What was you late for the first practice? I'm about and to GP tell you the whole crazy. story. Yeah, give us the right. My down. introduction to Gary Payton. Lockout in. This is before I played that first pickup game. Lockout in. Uh, we fly into Seattle. Me and Jelani McCoy, we stand okay. at the hotel. Shout out Jelani. Uh, they sent the trainer, one of the staff members to come pick us up from the hotel, which is right down the street from the facility. He ends up taking a wrong turn going to the practice facility where we're playing pickup at, and we probably 15 minutes late getting there. Yeah. So we walk all in. one-way street. Yeah, we, yeah, you know how it's all yeah. crazy. So we walk in. Uh, they already playing. They didn't already started playing. And by the time we walk in, Gary Payton dribbling ball up the court. As soon as we walk in, he he stopped in the middle of the game and he looked at us, you mother, and just start going <laughs> off. I mean, cussing us completely out. Didn't say what's up, young fella, how you doing? None of that. You motherfuckers late, y'all ain't y'all ain't y'all gotta be here on time. Y'all gotta be here before us. And we both pointed to the dude that picked us up and brings us like he was late. It's his fault. He said, I don't give a damn. I have my homeboys come pick y'all up. Y'all gotta be here on time. Y'all gotta be here before everybody. The last person to leave off the court, I mean, just cussed us out. And I was scared. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so you better believe every practice, I was there an hour and a half early. I made sure I was on the court 30, 45 minutes early because I didn't want to get cussed out by Gary Payton. Yeah. But back then, that's how we was. You know, as young yeah. fellas, yeah. we couldn't come running in 10 minutes before practice yeah. started. You better be yeah. on that court getting shots up because sometimes that might be your game. Yeah. You know, training the two-on-two, three-on-three scrimmaging each other before the game. That's your game because you might not play in the game. So yeah. you get your work in doing practice or doing a warm-ups before the game. I was waiting on them to say any word when we played them. We played y'all in preseason. As soon as we get on the court, he instantly talking and he talking the whole game. GP. I was like, man, this that real. was when he got it's into like on with TV. KD. Yeah, <laughs> remember <laughs> with preseason? Preseason, he got into it with KD the first time. I was like, yo, this is not real. Like, yeah. He, that's how he is. He intimidates you, boy. He likes to talk. He likes to get under you, get into Pre your skin. Preseason game, he went for 30 on us. Wouldn't let George Carl take him out. Remember, he was like, yeah. nah, nah. <laughs> I was like, he was that's like, Alvin, Alvin. <laughs> he was talking to Coach <laughs> That's That's GP, the ultimate competitor, boy. Yeah. The oh, ultimate the competitor. When you got Ray Allen, what did you learn from GP that made it easy to adapt to Ray Allen coming in and I being I think GP gave me that thick skin, you yeah. know, like of – 
taking the him talking shit to us on you know especially when we scrimmaging he don't like losing that's just yeah. one thing about him even if he lose he gonna he gonna talk shit to you like he didn't lose yeah. <laughs> but I think he gave me that thick skin of uh you know don't take no shit from nobody or don't even worry about it because he ain't gonna do nothing to you yeah. you know what I'm saying just it's just, it's just all talk just continue to go out there and play but uh with GP is I learned to be a winner when you step up between these lines you give it all you got mm-hmm. don't don't come out here play half ass or he gonna let you know that's what you're doing. And I learned how to play hard, extremely hard when you're out there. Because if you didn't, he's going to tell you you ain't playing hard. Yeah. And then when they made that trade for him and Ray Allen, you know, Jesus shut his word. We were so young at the time. Hey. When he was in the locker room and talk, we was all ears. We would listen to him. Yeah. But that's when my work ethic changed. Uh, he, I remember he, I bought my first cycle bike because of him. Mm-hmm. We used to, I used to train with him during the summer. We would ride up and down the bridge in Seattle and ride around just to train and work out. We would go to the field, do some sprints. And he told me, to be an all-star, you got to be consistent. It's okay with having bad games, but make sure you get back on your game that next game. Mm-hmm. You got to be consistent, and you got to whatever what you do outside the court is how you perform on the court. Mm-hmm. So I learned those little things from him and the way he worked, and we watched him. We were young, but he would beat everybody at the gym. On game day, this guy is out there getting shots up while they trying to set the scoreboards up and all the table. By the time we arrive to the gym, and we the young players, yeah. so we got to be there early. Yeah. By the time we arrive at the gym, he, he in his locker, in reading the book. He didn't yeah. already got shots up. At the game, he already out there. He didn't already the did everything. Bus coming yeah. in, he already out there you, shooting. He changed him. my whole, my whole get down. My yeah. pregame, like remember, I t- I get that. He try to beat the visiting team out there, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's before this, y'all get out there. This is what I'm telling you. This when I when I saw that, that's what changed my whole thing moving forward. Like that was like maybe oh oh two, mm-hmm. probably like oh two oh three when it really locked in for me. Like, bro, like he out here with the, like the dunk squad trying to do dunks and the yeah. cheer squad. I, yep. Okay, I see you. Yep. And then it was like it was twofold. It was like. I get it, you setting the table, like you here first, you working mm-hmm. hard, but like also, I don't gotta worry about nobody being in my way. Right. I get any right. type of, all of my stuff, ain't no right. balls bouncing, knocking me out the way, yeah. none of that. I was like, cool, I, like after that, I did that for the rest of my career. Yeah. I'd be there, right, like you said, when Dan Squad doing that, like, I, and I told him when we had him on here, I told I said, I stole Got that, that from you. Yeah, I we all did. I did. I did, Luke Rittenauer, all of us. We took a lot of things from him that kind of actually helped us in our careers. Because he's a true professional. He's a guy that you would like want to follow and listen to because he's going to lead you the right way. You know, some guys in the locker room, they're, they're not true leaders. Some of them is more selfish than anything. It's all about themselves. But I was lucky enough to play with some guys that was true leaders in it. And I think that's what helped me coming in as a teenager. Yeah. You know, you need a good leader. Yeah. And uh, I can honestly say, um, who else took me under their wing? Detlef Shrimp. He was only there for a year. One of my rookie year, but he was gone after that. But he was one of those guys that, doing scrimmages and practice like we didn't have a legal defense and three seconds in the key i didn't know none of that yeah and i so he would always every time i messed up he would pull me to the side and let me know what i'm doing wrong and tell me what to do and he was helping me no so i rules. really appreciated him you yeah. know kind of taking me on this wing and helping me because i was battling against him playing the three position yeah. but he was a lot bigger stronger you know Dallas was a nice basketball yeah. player mm-hmm. but he, he was kicking my ass in practice but he also showed me what i was doing wrong after he kicked my ass yeah so I learned a lot from him as well. When shit started rolling for y'all, like, with you and Ray. Yeah. Like, y'all killing, like, record good. Like, how was that season when it started, everything is working right? Right. Man, that so much fun, an unbelievable season. Because we coming off a season to where we didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Like, we was one of the worst teams in the league to coming back. And honestly, that year we had a good season, played the Clippers the game one. 
and got beat down. I remember y'all beat us by like 15 or 20. I don't know how much by, but Nate McMillan tore into us after that game because y'all just embarrassed us. We, he tore into us so bad, and we went on a win streak. By the time we was 20 games into the season, I think we was like 19 and 2, 19 and 1. We went on a crazy tear. It was us and like Phoenix Suns that was at the top. No, no, see, that's where, you, yeah, when you just said it, you made me flash back like, we neither one of us were Clippers then. Yeah, we weren't Clippers. Oh, right? y'all weren't with Clippers. I was, was with Phoenix. Okay, with but I can remember Game One. The Clippers beat us down. So maybe that was uh, was Wilcox with the Clippers? Yeah, see, Weezy was still there. Okay, yeah, Wilcox man was uh, this is Corey McGee was still with the Clippers. Yeah, Fifty yeah. was still there. Yeah, right. Fifty was still there. Do you remember in what year was that? We played in was it Japan? We played in Japan. Mm -hmm. We played yeah. against them in Japan. First two games of the season. First two games of the season. That's when Ray Allen was hurt. First game. First, was he hurt? That's when Flip Murray played, remember? Ray didn't play. First game, Flip Murray went crazy. Yeah, Flip How much balled. did he have, like 40-something? I want to say like 30, but he balled. Second game. And he was a surprise because nobody knew who he was. Exactly. Come Flip out of nowhere, hit him yeah, for 30. Yeah, nobody knew Flip who he was. was and then second game, he hit us for 50. <laughs> 50. I'm talking a little 50 in Japan. I'm out there saying, well, did you do the, the greedy with me? The, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, we yeah. did, we did, we out there doing the green in Japan and hell court. Uh -huh. I ain't know this motherfucker about to turn around and hit us for 50. <laughs> Bruh, this was, uh, the, was Don, I think Don Levy was our coach then. Don Levy was pissed. Man. He was just like. <laughs> you know them games where this ball just going in every time you put it up, boy. Hey, we was over, we was in Japan, but this man put 50 up. <laughs> I was sitting there like, look, all I could say was like, I ain't get none of that. <laughs> I ain't get none of that. I had to play three. I was playing two. I was playing two. I ain't get none of that. I was sitting there like, yo, Dunleavy was like, you know, like people don't know, but Dunleavy was a real one. He was yeah. like, the fuck are we saying? Anybody could just fucking score 40 or 50. I was like, I was sitting there like, like this is, <laughs> I don't know how many threes he and G, but it was just like, it just started becoming the, yeah. the little announcer, Richard Lou. I was like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> kept on saying. boy, 50, second game? Yeah, game two. But that come, like I said, that came from putting the work in during the summer with Ray, training with work right. with Ray, and I was ready to hoop. Yeah. You know, I was like, I never made the All-Star team, so I was trying my best to make the All-Star team that year. But like he said, I think I only had like 24 shots. I was like 19 for 24. Right. I was, was making everything. And I can remember – in the fourth quarter, I had 47. So I was like, I want to get 50. I want to get 50. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, I got the ball. I came off for, uh, for a three-pointer close to the bench. I don't even know who was guarding me at the time. I just grabbed it and turned around and just shot the ball. Nothing but net. As soon as it hit the net, I told Coach, take me out, Coach. Take me out. And when they took me out, they started playing 50 Cent song. I remember to this day. They started playing the <laughs> in, Japan, in, Japan. in Japan. They started playing the 50 Cent song. Yeah. Crack it. First time ever scoring 50 in my life. I ain't never do that in high school. I got to 40s, but I ain't never scored 50 in my life. And until. I ain't gonna lie, like, that was like the first time I was like, yo, being part of these, the like, you know, the the NBA games, like out of the country, like, yo, this is ill. Yeah. Like, but tell them, bro, like, we was getting treated like presidential over there. They was yeah. having big boy dinners and that. Like, everything you did was like the biggest thing happening. Uh -huh. And then the crowd, you talking about soup. Like, yeah. we was in an arena bigger than the NBA arena, and that thing it was, was packed. 
crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ain't lying to you, but it was stupid. Like, I, that was the first time, because, you know, we ain't, like, in the NBA, we hadn't done nothing like that. I had been overseas with the USA team, right, right. Nike and stuff. But, like, not on no NBA level, but we all there and we doing this. It was like, yo, that right. thing was a movie. Because usually uh, overseas games is preseason. Yep. That was actually that was the first time, regular like, season One games. of the first time they counted for, like, real regular season. We played them back-to-back. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a couple days in between. We was over there for, like, a week. Yep. But I actually – I think we started camp earlier that year because yeah, we, we had did. to go over there to yep. play. We started early, and everybody else kind of started a week later because we had to come back home, and they gave us a couple of days off yeah, before we, we can yep, to adjust back, back to – Yeah. What was it like when you first heard that you was going to be an all-star? Man. I was so happy with Sound of Joy because – did all For that me coming draft. in the second round to not playing my first year to coming off the bench my second year, then starting in the playoffs, but still not getting a lot of minutes, I just felt like the hard work is finally paying off. And, and then I give a lot of kudos to Ray and Nate McMillan, Dwayne Casey. Those guys really kind of helped and pushed me along to, to get to that level, uh, especially Dwayne uh, Casey and Nate McMillan. Those two guys, you know, they saw a young kid come to that organization that was scared. And didn't know what he was getting himself into. And they also took me under their wing. So I remember a couple of times in practice, I got into it with Gary other guys and wanted to quit. Like, I don't, you know, this is not for me. But they kept pushing me, kept pushing me, was working my tail off. They would even come to Houston during the summer to work me, bring me back to Seattle, make sure I was training. They obviously saw something in me that I didn't see. Yeah. And they kept pushing me, and I ended up making an all-star team. I remember Nate telling us that shoot around that morning. He was like, you talked to anybody yet? I was like, I don't know. He was like, well, I want to tell you, you made the All-Star team. I, I don't know. I don't think I cried that time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it definitely was almost like tears of joy to finally, you know, make that All-Star team because it's something that I really dreamed of and I wanted to accomplish, especially coming from where I come from, being in the second round. Yeah, it was almost like proving everybody wrong that said I couldn't make it. Straight yeah. up. How was the experience, though? Like the weekend, Ooh, like you amongst It was the, fun. The- I was excited about the experience, <laughs> but – I was nervous when that game came around. Mm. I, my first shot hit the side of the backboard. <laughs> I can remember my first jump shot hit the side of the backboard. I was so nervous, man. But like, like you said, it was a learning. It was learning from those guys that been there before. They was experienced, so they was out there just hooping. Hit the side of the backboard. But after I hit the side of the backboard, I kind of got into the game and started playing better. I obviously wasn't starting. And I can remember my first All-Star game uh, in Washington, D.C. I want to say it was my second year in the league. I was just in a three-point contest. I wasn't playing an All-Star game. Nervous. First three point on the side of the backboard. <laughs> Before I kind of got into it, it's different. We were no, it's there. not like we a game. There. You it's were a sophomore. We were you were there for the three point contest. We were there as rookies mm. for the rookie game. Nervous, but in DC, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was our first year. But speaking on three point contests, tell the people how what that pressure feel like it's when different. you go sit on that little block and they, you know, you about to be up next. Man. You did it well. You did. I did one, oh four, and oh nine. It's different. I did three years too. Especially with the first three point contest in DC, I didn't practice for it. I was just thought you I was a three did. point shooter. Yeah. Go out practice. here, I'm gonna knock them down, do whatever. And I did terrible, got eliminated in the first round. But that second one, I was a little bit more prepared, a little bit more of a veteran. I was more seasoned. But it's totally different from a game. And the game, of course, you know, catch and shoot. Three point contest, all eyes are on you. You the only one on that court. <laughs> oh, man, that's probably why you decided the backboard. But all eyes are on you and this nerve wracking. Not on the cameras in your face. Everybody's watching you. It's totally different from being a three-point shooter in the game. Totally different. Like right. night and day. Hey, listen, I say that all the time. That pressure. Ain't yeah. nobody else messing you up. No. Ain't nobody throw you a bad pass. It was all on you, homie. All on the you. The year after you, you made the All-Star team, how was your confidence? 
Like, cause I remember playing like, against you, and then you made that All Star team. Yeah. And then you came back the next year. Well, your whole swag and everything. It was like, it's like go time for you, D Miles. I'm gonna get the shots up. They coming to me. Yeah, and that's what it was. I knew I was getting the shots and like, I was getting the ball. So how, how was the confidence and you know just like the you confidence keep was putting. through the roof. I was like, I felt like I was gonna automatically be an all star again that next year. Yeah. But it actually was a lot harder. Yeah. You know, because people obviously know who you are. You got a scouting report on you. Yeah. And, I, and, and you know, it was a lot tougher for me. I didn't make the All-Star that year, and I was upset because I think it came to Houston that year. Yeah. And I wanted to be at home to play in the All-Star game. But it was definitely a lot harder. I didn't make another All-Star team until I got to Orlando. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you know, with me making All-Star, I wasn't getting voted in or I wasn't a starter. So your team had to be winning ball games. You can't yeah. be one of the worst teams in the league and make the all-star team. Just you so for know. guys like me coming off the bench in all-star game, you have your team has to be winning in order for other we knew Ray Allen was gonna make it. Yeah. But if you're not winning, I probably if we weren't the, one of the best teams in the league that yeah, I probably don't make it. Somebody yeah. else with a good team probably would have made it. So I was lucky to also make the team, but we had a good team. Tell me what it was like when you got that call. The oldest was about to bag you out. Man. They backing up the brink truck 118, <laughs> six years. I didn't even believe it when he told me, though, honestly. Because I went to visit them. Well, I first, when I became free agent, you know, the free agency came. I met with the Seattle Supersonics first. I gave them first meeting. They came to Houston. They gave me what they wanted to offer me. And I didn't say, I want, I'm not going to say I didn't like it because it was a nice contract. But I was like, you know, we had already had plans that we wanted to visit like two or three different teams. So I was like, okay, thank you. We'll get back to you. I'm going to Orlando, you know, tomorrow. And then we'll get back to you guys and let you know within a week or so because I'm going to visit a couple of teams and let you know uh, what we're going to do. Went to Orlando, visited our oldest, went out to eat, went to dinner. I think Jameer came out, Jameer Nelson. Stan, that's the same year they hired Stan Van Gundy. He came from Miami. He came out to eat, and we just kind of just talked. We didn't talk numbers or nothing, and we just kind of just talked about what they had, what they would offer, and, you know, they wanted me to come and be a part of Dwight Howard, Jameer Nelson, and everybody else. And then uh, we walked outside of the restaurant, and it was kind of me and him talking, and everybody else kind of was to the side, and he told me, I need you, I said, I need you to commit and not know, because, you know, I think, Elton Brand went back on his con. He got a contract. For some, I don't know if it was Elton Brand, but somebody went back mm-hmm. on their contract and didn't want to go there no more. So he was like, "That was when Elton was going to Golden State, and, but he, then and he stopped and then going he went, back to yeah, Clippers." Yeah, it was that's what it was. But he was like, "I need you to commit." And he stuck his hand out. He was like, "I'm gonna give you the max." And I was like, <laughs> "What you mean commit?" Like, but we didn't know what the number was at the time. We was both was, thinking it was gonna be like around 85, 90 million. That cap came out. And then out. it came back. I came back the next day and the cap came out and it was like a hundred and something. So I'm like, shit. And I think he even was like, damn, I ain't know it was gonna be that much either. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it was too late. He didn't know we didn't already kind of I committed, we shook hands, and everything was history after that. Man, you talking about dreams come true and happy and Calling mama crying again. <laughs> but look, right after I signed that contract, I didn't even go back home to Houston. I jumped on a plane, went straight to Miami and celebrated. <laughs> I definitely celebrated. Called the homies up, flew them all out. We had the Satai Hotel, top floor, man. We definitely celebrated getting that contract. I feel like it's appropriate for me to ask my money question at this point. Like, look, I don't, you know, we usually 
whatever. I know you took care of mom. I know mom yeah, take care of she, she was thing. good about it, but like I don't know what young Shaw did for himself to treat himself. Like I done seen some of your toys now. That's just what I was let's about just to say, like play, uh, you know, like, I know I this. love cars, you know what I'm saying? I was into toys, but that was my first time I finally got a chance to get the Bentley or Rolls Royce. You know what I'm saying? You see playing in Seattle with Gary and all these other guys that got the big contracts. Not only them, but Anybody in anybody got the yeah. big contracts. You see them pulling up in big cars, and you're like, man, that car, my contract. You know what I'm saying? I can't get that. Yeah. But I was able to kind of get the Bentley or the Rolls Royce. My hey. first was a Rolls Royce, and boy, it was a big car. I probably didn't look too good in it, but I was I was splurging high, man. How was it, <laughs> how was it to go from it rained every day to the beautiful weather in, 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 Orlando, in Orlando, Florida? That's funny you said that because Ooh, city beautiful. <laughs> funny you said that because my first year into Seattle, my rookie year, it broke a record for how many days it rained in a row. <laughs> you know, I was in Portland. Like? Oh, Portland was just God. like that. Was that you, it was always gloomy, dark, raining. If it didn't rain all day, it rained some part of the day. All, Either in the yeah. morning, in the middle of the day, or at night. It was it, always, it always some rain. Type of rain. <laughs> and I and that first year it was like, I don't want to say I was depressed, but I was lonely. Cause I was by myself as a teenager. I didn't, you know, after I was 18, I couldn't go out, hang out with the guys. They grown men, they drinking, they had yeah. families, they doing their thing. So I would kind of go home and try to look for something to do, go to McDonald's, get something to eat, watching movies. <laughs> On the phone all day, next tail phone, $2,000, <laughs> cussing me out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Mama getting on me cause my bill's so high. But the second year, page in the world. all that. The second year, I brought one of my pot, my boys out there that I grew up with, went to high school, Travis Eskers, and it just made life a lot more easier. Just to have somebody to talk to, play video games, not necessarily going out, hanging out, and doing yeah. different stuff. It's just coming home to have somebody that knows you and familiar with you. You can go to the movies with or talk hey, to them when you're doing yeah. good or doing bad, and just kind of have that camaraderie of somebody there for you. It just made life a lot more easier for me, and it helped me on the basketball court because I was happy off the court and to help me perform on the basketball court. Moves that started a movement. You're not the first stretch four. Right. You know what I'm saying? When you were in Seattle, you played a lot of three. Mm -hmm. You know? But when you got to Orlando. Moved to the four. You moved to the four. And you had a whole lot of success mm -hmm. at the four. Because you like me, we tall enough to play the four, but in our era, we can't go down there with, too with skinny, these arms. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? We too skinny <laughs> to be fighting them big boys yeah. down there. Like, so we got to dip and dab where we can. Right, right. But now, you know, it's times was kind of changed. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, and if with a center like Dwight Howard, like right. I want to get back to Dwight to show mm -hmm. how good he is. Right. But with a center like Dwight Howard moves to start a movement, you was a stretch four. How was that for you to play the four now and it two. actually it was it was easy for me even though I like you said I played the, the small four the three in Seattle and then when I came to Orlando they moved me to the four because Hito Turkoglu was at the three and they wanted to keep him on the court so I was I was fine with moving to the four because in Seattle I kind of got a taste of being on the block I yeah. was of course we was a three-point shooting team we spread the floor yeah. with uh our shooters we yeah, had you go small but also Nate McMillan loved to put me on that block. So I was in the post a lot. Like when we needed bastards, he would always go to me on the block. And I'm 6'10", so mm -hmm. I would always have a smaller guy on me. But then when they would put a bigger guy on me, I would just bring him out to the perimeter. So going to Orlando, when, when Stan told me he wanted me to move to the floor, I was all about doing whatever it takes to help the team win ball games. Because yeah. I was at a point in my career where 
I wanted to win, get to the playoffs, and try to win a championship. So I was all for anything. And Dwight being so dominant, I don't care who was on that team. You could have been on anybody. He was so dominant down low. We was getting wide open threes all over the perimeter. That's why me, Jameer Nelson, Hito Turkoglu, J.J. Reddick, you know, Mikael Peaches, all, we was we was knocking him down because if you don't double-team Dwight Howell, it's a dunk. Yeah. I mean, he he was going to dunk everything down there. And defensively, he picked up everything. He was blocking everything. So Which we was pushing up. Travis and you know how Stan 75. Van Gundy is. Yeah. He's how a defensive feel, coach. How you feel about it? Was you surprised that he didn't make top 75? I don't want to say I wasn't surprised because I know it's politics in the NBA. And yeah. we you know, know the temperature with yeah. Big Fella right now. And, you know, I feel like, like myself, as well as y'all, I feel like we're underground kings. Like, we came, you know, we was yeah. good players, but, yeah. you know, they only highlight who they want to highlight, who they want the stars to be, who the fans want to see on TV. Yeah. That's what they're going to Even if you had a bad game, they're going to show those highlights. Yeah. But that's the politics of the game, and you just got to play through it. And as long as you – Go out there and do your job. You're going to get the reward for it. To see Dwight, like some of the stuff he was doing, like Man, like, the, like caught the lob for game on, on Duncan, the spurs, yeah, on like, the spurs. Like, <laughs> like to see him and that run y'all had. Mm -hmm. Like you know, everybody they had commercials. Everybody waited for for Kobe and LeBron. The puppet dogs. Yeah, they had commercials, which was some of my favorite commercials. We took that personal though. Dog. But yeah, but. <laughs> To come into that series and, you know, they saying LeBron finna go and so forth on, how was y'all team? Honestly, um, that's why I went to Orlando, because of Dwight Howard. And I felt like at the time, you have to have a dominant big to have a chance to win an NBA championship. Yeah, Spurs and the Lakers dominated for like a 10-year span when I was in Seattle. It was those teams winning championship and they had a dominant center. So I was like, maybe I need to go play the dominant center. Dwight Howard was the guy I was looking at. Uh, and then I, when I went out there to play with him, he was – like I said, he was very dominant. But when we went to that series with Cleveland, we've been watching the commercials all year long, and we was we had a full steam ahead. We was playing well. So we kind of took that personal, almost like they was automatically putting them in the finals. But we knew we had a road to go through to get to the finals. We had to beat Boston to play Cleveland. And then when we, played, when we faced up against Cleveland, game one in Cleveland, they jumped out on us like gangbusters. I think we was down 15, 16 points. The first time out, we went to the bench and sat back like, man. And they was hyping there. Ooh, it was, it was crazy. And we was like, this is the finals? We was like, I don't know. We was ready for this, but Stan Van Gundy. He somehow settled us down, got into us, but he settled us down at the same time and make sure you chip away at it. We went back out there at the first quarter and we chipped away at it. I think we was down maybe one or two points at the halftime, and that's when the series started for us. And we was able to steal game one when I hit the uh, shot at the buzzer. We was able to steal game one, so that's when we knew, okay, we we got a series now. We're not going to just lay down for these guys. We knew that was a great team, yeah. of course, LeBron over there, but when we was able to steal game one, that's when our confidence level went up here. Yeah. We was like, all right, we got these guys. Was y'all still real confident? Because y'all looked like y'all were still confident even though he hit that game I was winner. about to say that. Yeah. We were right. so confident because we had them on the ropes for game two. We was about to go up 2-0 yeah. on day home court. Yeah. But like you said, he hit that game winner. But it didn't it didn't hurt our confidence too much because that was a – I don't want to say it was a lucky shot, but they needed a buzzer beater to beat us. Yeah. And so we was like, okay, well, we definitely can beat this team. We continue playing the way we played. And we went home and took care of home court. Went back to Cleveland. They beat us. But I think it was game six we went back home, and we was like, we can't go back to Cleveland because it's hard playing there. It was tough. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That crowd is crazy. They feed off of it. They flying up and down the court. It was very tough to beat them in Cleveland. 
And uh, we game six came down to the end of the game. We ran a play. It was like a double screen. I, uh, I pinned down for Jameer. He came up. Not knowing Dwight is like the little sneaky screen, he got me for the rip screen, which is my, I love to turn over my right shoulder when I'm in the post. Yeah. So that was my right shoulder on that three-point line. I turned over my right shoulder, shot the three, and we was only down two. I shot the three, we went up one, and we ended up winning that game. And man, and I think that's where we honestly messed up at. We felt like we won a championship yeah. by getting to the finals from beating Cleveland and the Eastern Conference Finals because yeah. everybody know who LeBron James is. And this is the best team in the league. Yeah. They got home court advantage throughout. Off that momentum, it's hard to get back. Yeah, we knocked them the off. Yeah, we knocked them off. We going to the finals. We parted our ass off that night after that game because yeah. we got like a week and a half, two weeks before we – but we parted our ass off after that game almost like we won the championship. And then we kind of refocused, got back into things, but it was new for us. Yeah. Lakers was veterans. You know, Kobe's been there. All those guys have been there before. It was nothing for them. All this media coming to practice and everybody surrounding the court, that was new for us. You know what yeah. I'm saying? This was a little nerve-wracking. It was new. Yeah. And game one, it showed. When yeah. we went to in L.A., they beat the brakes off of us. But game two was a better game, lost in overtime. I was just like, you know, we dream of this. Not only is we dream of making it to a championship, you made it to a championship and you playing against the most historic franchise and, in yeah. NBA history. Like, and it's the final, so right. now you get to see what the NBA really do really and bring about. out when it's right. just two teams. Right. How was like that experience it was for great. you and for your team? Like you said, it was an amazing experience. Not only that, because there's a lot of guys that played throughout their career not winning a championship, let alone get to the finals. Yeah. That's the hardest thing to do. Like, I've only been to the finals twice mm -hmm. and played for 16 years you know what i'm saying so that's very the hardest thing to do but getting there and not only getting to the finals we playing the lakers where all the stars denzel washington or jack nicholson you got all these superstars that are sitting around the court there to watch you play in the finals mm -hmm. but we're playing kobe bryant on the other side they got lamar odom Paul gasol trevor reza was on that team mm -hmm. you know me playing the four uh what's the big bynum yeah, yeah, yeah buying them uh, at the center. So yeah. I'm at the four. I got to guard Paul Gasol, hey, and this that, guy is that Paul Gasol, that left hand, right oh, hand, man. <laughs> left hand, right hand. Ooh, that's dirty oh, on that block, man. boy. And not only that, you got Lamar Odom that can handle the ball that's yeah. just as long. And of course, you got Kobe Bryant that's been there and he's a straight killer. So it yeah. definitely was a challenge for us. And we, Courtney Lee was a rookie that year for us. He was yeah. a young guy, but he was a great defender. Yeah. So we had some young guys trying to defend Kobe Bryant, which didn't pan out too well, but I thought we competed well and we was just young, inexperienced, and they was a more experienced team. And hands down, they they went out there and just beat us because they was a better team. The next year off that momentum, mm -hmm. the White Howard is looking like the next MVP. Right. What didn't shake? What didn't like, That's like I said, when I made that all-star team, you automatically think you're gonna be an all-star again next year. Yeah. And that's the attitude we had was we automatically thought we was gonna go back to the finals because we pretty much bringing everybody Young. back. Yeah, and you like- Did y'all bring Vince yet? Nah, Vince wasn't there yet, but he traded for Vince. They traded for Vince, but you you thinking like, we automatically gonna get back, but things was a little, you know, it was, a, it was harder because now we're a bullseye. We came from targeting other teams, Cleveland and all these other teams. So they good. Yeah, but now we became that bullseye and people was coming at us and we wasn't ready for that. But we still had a good season, made the playoffs, but I think Boston and the Lakers made the finals that, that next year. Yeah. And uh, KG, Paul Pierce, Rondo, those guys, they beat us. They, they yeah. knocked us off because we had beat them a year before. And that's when, actually, when we KG beat them, though, hurt. KG was hurt. He had he was having knee problems. And they KG was healthy that following season, and they beat us. But, but and I think they took it personal because, you know, we beat them the year before, and they wasn't 100% healthy. 
But they was trying to get back at the Lakers, you know, and, and mm -hmm. ended up not having a, such a successful year because I think mentally we all thought we was going to be the top dogs yeah. again because we was like, the, the season before and it, it didn't work that way. Tell me this, because I remember when I first got to Orlando, like he was still on the team. It was the only time we got to play with each other. And it was crazy for me. This was my first time getting to play with Vince. What was it like when Vince, Vince got to Vince the Magic there? and you got a chance to play with Vince Carter? Man, Vince is half man, half amazing. Right. <laughs> right. Man, it's crazy because he's so athletic and so and he agile. he was still that way. And he was still that way. And he was a little older, though. Older, but still. But he like, was still able to take there, off bro, and like, dunk. He shoot the three. He a great passer. He can pass the ball, run pick and roll. Him and Turkoglu was a little different. Of course, he's more athletic, but... Turk, not as athletic, but can shoot the ball, run, pick, and roll. But Vince, he's just a different type of person, man, especially when he was in Toronto. Whew. He's just a different cat. Talk about uh, Turkey Lou was in our draft. Talk about Turkey Lou. Big like Turk. how, how Lazy on defense, but he uh, was putting yeah. it on your offense. Uh, but he was running, he was running like point forward for y'all. Yeah, and, and that's and why we were so good. Matchup problems. They always said yeah. I was a matchup problem, and if you put the best defender on me, then we would just get a ball to Turk, Turk and run that pick and roll yeah. with him and Dwight Howard. And now when not, not only that, but when they running that pick and roll, you got me in the corner, J.J. Reddick, Jameer Nelson. And our main play was when Dwight came off of that pick and roll, I will roll up to the top of the key. Mm -hmm. So if, you, if if that bump man don't come out to me, I'm putting it, I'm, I'm going to shoot it. Same thing. But every time that bump man did commit, Dwight will seal his man right there. And that's a right dunk the every time. Yeah. So that's why it, it, playing with a dominant big man, I think, can work to a lot of teams' favor if you know how to use them. You, know you got to know how to use them. Even to this day, I know the NBA has changed. It's a lot of small ball. But if you, Joel Embiid, you get a dominant big man that know how to play and you know how to use them, I think that's what, that's the way to go. Ryan, Ryan Anderson can thank him for that bag he got for running the same play. Yeah. Running up, look, look, Dwight we, we screen, look, Dwight roll, Rhino coming up. Yeah. Because oh, you wide open. Bucket you naked. have to guard they Dwight. Respect you got to respect because he's an avalanche coming to the rim. You got to check you that and to. chuck him in before you run out. You have Do you to. think Dwight should have never left Orlando? I think he shouldn't have never left. I thought it would have been best for him to stay in Orlando. I mean, they was giving him everything he wanted. You know, it was a red carpet for him, and they did whatever he wanted, and he ended up leaving, which I thought wasn't a good idea at the time because they pretty much, whatever he wanted, they did for him. They gave it to him, and I think he would have – I mean, he still had a great career. You know, he still – I think he's still a, a good player in the NBA to this day, but I think uh, he would have been more of a dominant player because people would have came to play with him. That's the part. Especially around that time. That's the part that I don't think the Heat, I think the Heat underestimated. I was there right at the end when he left. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was the part I didn't understand about him. Like, bro. Cause they was giving him everything, right? They, I mean, clearly, yeah. The Magic was doing whatever. But I think what he was intrigued by, you had LeBron and D-Wade and all yeah. these guys ganging up. And he felt like, like, whoa, what am I? I'm like, bro. You, you. Yeah. Trust me. They'll come to this you. This didn't happen overnight where them, you know, it's going like if you stand, stand pat, like, trust me, you just mm -hmm. took, you just went to the finals a year and a half ago. Yep. Like, bro. Defensive like, player of the year is what, every, twice? Three times three in times. a row. And would have been four if they wouldn't have stopped liking him. You right. know, that was he should have been four. But right. like, bro, like you are the biggest asset. Anybody got any sense, they gonna come here. They gonna yes. after they look around That's for a minute, they gonna see what's happening. <laughs> they gonna come here like yep. He didn't. I don't think that he understood where he was with that. Yeah, he was like, young bro, you, too, you was out. You was out. You was beating Kobe, LeBron, mm -hmm. in votes for the All Star game. You was right. out voting them. 
Right. As a center. As a center. What? Right. He couldn't like they, bro. He had it. I just, don't, I don't think he understood what he, what he had going on. And he's a good, time. and he's a good people's person. He knows nah, to great. talk to people. Yeah, yeah. He know how to he entertain. Was, he was like, he, he would light he, the room he, up. He, he would light up. Like, like that was the what up. they loved about. He yeah. turned. It wasn't no fake. It was mm. like I love this. Yep. I love the kids. I love yep. the people. I'm about to go crazy yep. and turn up and be <laughs> they love silly. Dance. Yeah, yeah they I'm love a that. dance. I'm a, like, this was my natural personality. This ain't no act. This ain't no nothing. Right. And I was like, yo, you in the per- you in Disney World? Exactly. You it don't get no better. Than, perfect, like you was, perfect yeah. match made in heaven. Tell me about the two seasons you played with Miami. The, whoop, whoop. The, the, <laughs> man. And to just you know, I know you ain't get a lot of playing time, but right. just to watch. Like them two seasons, that process and Got back with two Ryan championships. Shit, right? Yeah, and and think, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They went to and one they lost, one they won. Mm-hmm. Like well, one y'all lost and one y'all right. won. I know I can remember um, when I became free agent that that summer. Ray also was, a, yeah, Ray was also a free agent, and I had already had a couple teams down that I was getting ready to go visit. Miami was one of them. I was going, I was getting ready to go to Atlanta like the next day, and Ray was in Miami. I guess he was visiting Miami, and Pat Riley and all those guys told him, yeah, Rashard's going to be coming out here next week for a visit. So when they told him that, he called me that same day and was like, Rashard, they just told me you coming to Miami for a visit. And I was like, yeah, my visit is next week. I'm going to Atlanta tomorrow. I'm going to talk to Atlanta. And he was like, man, what you going to Atlanta for? I said, well, I'm going, you know, to visit. He said, man, come on, man. He said, what you trying to do? You trying to win a championship, right? I said, yeah. He said, well, what the hell are you going to Atlanta for? He said, man, you need to just come on out here, cancel that, and just come out here, man. Just come sign out here. I said, you know what, Ray? You're right. I'm trying to win a championship. I'm not going to win that in Atlanta. You know, at the time, it wasn't about minutes, scoring, and all yeah, that man. other stuff. Yeah, it was just about winning. Yeah, man. So I was like, you know what? You're so right, bro. Let me. Uh, we canceled the Atlanta trip, went to Miami, sat down, talked to Pat Spo, Andy, signed the contract, two-year deal. And then I can remember game one, me and Ray sitting on the side doing the ring ceremony while they getting their rings and we just sitting there like, man. Ray was bumping me like, Rashad, you know this can be you because Ray already had one down in Boston, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm just sitting there and like, Rashad, this can be you, man. This can be you. And I'm like, I'm just looking, you know what I'm saying? Just like a deer in headlights. And when that season started, like you said, didn't play a lot of minutes, but here and there, because we had such a veteran team and Miami is a great city, but we had such a veteran team, we didn't buy into the Miami lights. You know, like, even the young guys, the guys that didn't play a lot of minutes, we was getting it in. We was scrimmaging. We was going yeah. hard. Yeah, we made sure, in Miami. Yeah, <laughs> we made sure we was prepared when our name was called, regardless, because mm-hmm. Udonis Haslam, you know, you got Shane Battier, Mike Miller, Birdman. Yeah, super OG. You know, yeah. me, uh, Ray, Chris Boss, D-Wade. I mean, the list, you know, we had so many veterans on that team. Nah, it was super OG. Like, yeah. it was a team that, we played to win ball games. Yeah. And and then uh they started calling us the heaters, like the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Because everywhere we went on the road, you know how it is when you come out the hotel when you go into the it was arena. Crazy. For three seconds, get on the bus and you're gone. Oh my God. It was so many people just to see us kind of walk. And you know, I was just enjoying the moment playing right. with D Wade, Chris Bosch, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Ray Allen, LeBron. I was just enjoying the moment, man, because I was getting red carpet treatment everywhere we go. And not only that, but winning that championship out there. You know, especially after we almost lost to the Spurs with Ray Allen hitting that miracle three fours to send it to overtime to win the championship. Because actually the Spurs really probably should have won that series. But after winning that championship, that's forever family. And every time I go back to Miami to this day, everywhere I go, they lay the red carpet out. You know, yeah. like even oh. though I wasn't the main guy on that team yeah. and played only so many minutes, but everybody that was a part of that team got 
everything. Tell me this, from like you said, you didn't play a whole lot and you weren't playing a lot in this particular game when Ray hit that shot. Right. But from the perspective of being part of that team, mm -hmm. tell me about that emotional swing from like you see, it's over. Yeah. They got the yellow ropes, they the champagne in the back, they right. they roping it off. It's right. about to be over. Then he hits this shot. Out of nowhere. Tell me about that. The like, game was as a over. fan, it was like, you <laughs> the know, game fans was had over. left. I'm watching on TV. I'm like, damn, it's over. Like, it's over. I was emotionally they caught up. They bring the hats out, so, boxes. So tell broke me. the court off. And I'm sitting over there like, we remember, by mind you, we went on a, like a 27, 28 game win streak mm -hmm. during the season. All that. We lights. breaking records. We Jane doing Daddy all kind of stuff. And I'm sitting over there like, this can't be true. This can't be real. We finna lose this game. The championship game, there's no way this is possible. It was almost like, it's not real. It just felt like it wasn't real. And we were sitting over there like puppies, like, it's, there's no way. We got the team we have and the way we won this past season, we cannot be not losing the championship, not winning the championship. And they start roping it off. It's almost like the fans are leaving. Yeah. Everybody, I mean, it was over, pretty much over. I think they missed a couple free throws. We got the ball, came Kawhi down. LeBron hit throw. a wide open three. I mean, he missed a wide open three. Chris Bosch somehow got the rebound with Ray Allen. Moonwalking back to the three-point line and kind of shoot it while he's kind of moving backwards. And, man, when that ball go through the net, boy, you talking about an eruption throughout that arena on the bench everywhere, man. And I heard, I didn't see, but fans trying to come back in the arena. They yeah. weren't letting them back in. I mean, when we won that game, which we supposed to lose, we wasn't losing game seven, not on our home court. Oh, we wasn't losing game seven. We took total control of that whole game, game seven. I'm going to tell you what let me know that Ray Allen, it was literally like we had him on the show and he told it, it was at this point, Q, it was muscle memory. I did it many times. I'm going to tell you what made me know. Like after he said that and thinking back and looking back yeah. at it, when you see him hit the shot. I don't think he was looking at the rim. He was kind of. He wasn't looking. Look, it was all <laughs> simultaneous. Everything lined up perfectly. And he, like, it was muscle memory. Yeah. Because all the way to the point to after he shot it. <laughs> Nothing but that. No, 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 that is no point. It's no that point. you know. Like, this is what I do. All in, not like I didn't go crazy for the moment. It was yeah. like I done this so much. And yeah. he said it. When we talked to him, he was like, Q. Like you gotta understand how many times I've shot yeah. all of these shots. Like mm -hmm. this wasn't an anomaly. This wasn't like, yes, it was a crazy way to it led up to the moment. But right. I had done it so many times. Yeah. And it was like when you go back and look after hearing him say that, you see everything. It was the same, <laughs> even though it's three, two, it's a frenetic moment. Everything right. was the same. Right. The the jump, he jumped the way as he high shoots. as he shoots. Yep. He shot his little shot. He came right down and bang. <laughs> Oh, then one. I think he started screaming. What? He get went, the yeah. He was telling the security, get, yeah, get that out the of here. That after they went the, the time I get it, I was like, yo, this is crazy. And yeah, to hear him so. talk about it like that and say that, like, that was perfection right there. Yeah, Shit that's Ray Allen, man. From putting that, like I said, he put the work in before games, after game, during the summer. And that's what that moment was. Him putting in all that work and it paid off in that moment. Some of his shooting, like seeing Ray Allen shoot, what was some of his, like, his shooting, like, Coming in there, he going around and going back without missing one. And that's one thing he about make you as a shooter. And that's what a thing about Ray is he always, you know, I I like to shoot a lot of spot shots. He was always shooting on the move. Oh, you know man. what I'm saying? And that's what kind of made me like start moving and doing more shots on the move because he was so good at it. And your legs, you have to have your legs to get into shots. And at first, I wasn't that good at it doing it on the move, but 
obviously watching him and training with him, I picked up a lot of his habits and then and it kind of helped me throughout my career. But that's probably the, one of the, like you said, of course, Curry nowadays is one of the best shooters, but, well, he is the best shooter. But Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, they got to be right behind him. Tell me this, from, like, you spoke on you and Ray sitting there at the ring ceremony when y'all first got there. Right. How was it for you to go from that day sitting there with Ray, mm-hmm. you know, y'all first game, to now, the next season, it's Man. your turn. And how did it right. feel when you literally got that big old <laughs> colossal <laughs> ring that y'all like? Just tell me, like, yeah. how how was that feeling? Like sitting there one year to now the next year is your time and you really putting the ring on your finger from Man, getting like fitted said, for it and everything. It was dream, not only dream come true, but like I said, it's the hardest thing in not just basketball, professional sports, is to win that championship. Football as well, mm-hmm. baseball, win the pennant. That's the hardest thing. A lot of people don't understand how difficult it is. We train year round, but it's not just individually. Everybody has to be on the same page from mm-hmm. the team to the coaching staff. Things to even go of the, right. Yeah, everything has to go right and injuries oh, happen boy, throughout the season. Everybody, it has to work out perfect and that's what makes it so hard, especially with football. You got to have 11 guys on the same page yeah. out there to play and do their job. Everybody has to do their job. And sometimes it's hard to make everybody do their job because one or two people may be mad because they're not getting either the minutes or the shots all the time. And it's bad chemistry in the locker room. And being on that team, we had so many veteran guys. It was never negative energy, no bad chemistry because nobody cared about who was playing, who was getting shots. Or uh, who was scoring that night? It was all about winning, and I think that's why we was able to be successful to win a championship. Well, they won back-to-back championships. I came in and won it that year, and then we lost that third year to the Spurs, which I think they remembered us beating them that they year before because they spanked us. They, they was hot. They spanked us. They spanked us. Start bench cut. You got to start one. You got to bench one. You got to cut one. We well, got trade one. I ain't gonna say cut because they all good. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. Carmelo Anthony, T Mac. Mm. Who you start? Who you been? I'm gonna start Kawhi Leonard because he's won championships. I gotta go with T Mac. This is a killer. Well, you know what? Him and Carmelo, because Carmelo won a chip in in college. It's about chips. I'm talking about just the game. We you win a chip, that mean you a winner. We talking about game. Game wise, game. Team, oh, that's tough. Your game. Because they game. both killers. They both scores. I'm going to go, um... You still going to go with Kawhi number one to start? Nah, you know what? If we talking about just game and not winning chips like that, I'm going to have to say uh, T-Mac and uh, and Carmelo. T-Mac can put it on the ground and handle it. Carmelo can also do it, but it puts you on that block, put that booty on you and put you to work. He buy, You know, and he got that second jump. It's so quick. He missed the first shot. He right back up to the rim. He was also a guy that was tough to guard. Yeah. I hated playing in Denver. Hey, let me ask you him. this. As an OG... One of the guys that I'm sure that a lot of the, you know, especially nowadays, the, the Seattle Supersonics fans re- remember and resonate with, how bad do you want to see them get a franchise bag? You the all-time franchise Man, leader at three-point make. And do you want to be a part of it when it comes back? I wouldn't mind being a part of it. See, um, Seattle Supersonics, when y'all get y'all ish together. They definitely need a team. The fans, amazing. Crazy. I can remember years. I love Seattle. Yeah, I can remember years where we was one of the worst teams in the league, but they always showed up and showed love. Even when we would fly in, yeah, they would come to the airport. They would be at the arena, and the years we did good, of course they supported. But the years we did bad is what I look at is they still was there supported. I mean, look at the Seahawks. Straight up, they in that building every game, and 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 the fans out there are tremendous. So I think they definitely deserve a team. I think 
they should be the next city to get the team. And I don't and know you when won't, it They need to call you and see I what's hope up. that Seattle call me. <laughs> yeah. I'm willing to help you any way I can. All-time grace now. Adam Silver, put the word out. <laughs> so what made you continue to play in a big three after you hurt yourself the first season? I didn't want to retire injured. Like, when I left Miami, you know, I still felt like I had another couple years in me, but I had a torn quad tendon. I actually signed a contract with the Dallas Mavericks. But I went out there to take my physical, and the trainer came, and uh, I went to take my physical. He came back in the room like, you got to have surgery. And I looked at him like, what? He said, your tendon is hanging on by a string. It's 90% torn, and I was having problems with my Ooh, knee that whole season, and 90%. I did feel it rip when I played the, in, uh, the Spurs in the finals. <laughs> but you know, it's the finals. Give me some relief, you know what I'm saying? We're going to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> but, they, yeah, he told me I had to have surgery, and, and, and kudos to Mark Cuban, man, because uh, – I was highly upset when I found out. I was supposed to leave the next day, changed my plane ticket, jumped on the plane, flew back to Houston because I was just, you know, it's messing with my head a little bit because I'm like, I just left Miami. I had the exit physical. They told me it was just like a, you know, a sprain and, you know, ice it down or whatever. It should be okay in a couple of weeks. And then Mark Cuban called. He was calling my phone, but my phone was off. He left me a couple of messages. I called him back. He was like, uh, man, I know it's devastating to you. You know, I understand where you're coming from. He said, but I want to give you the option to you come here, you can rehab. Even though you're not signed to come, you come here, you can rehab with us, and you can try to play second half of the season. Or if you don't want to play no more, you're more than welcome to sit on a bench and try to learn to be a coach. That's so dope. I was like, man, That's I was dope. like, I thank you, Mark. I really do appreciate it, but I was like, but I still want to play. I want to play another year or two, so I'm gonna go ahead and rehab and, and try to get back second half of the season. And I and but I, he was like, well, you can rehab with us, or do you want to do it at home? I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it at home. I said, well, I'll be able to travel with the team. He said, well, you probably be back and just kind of rehab. I said, well, I'm going to stay home and rehab, and then I'm going to come out that second half of the season. But gearing up for second half of the season, I started training. I felt like I wasn't 100% ready. I felt like I was going to injure myself again. Mm. And it was I was in a lot of pain, and every step, I just felt like you know, I, was, I, was, I was on the verge of getting re-injured. So yeah. I was like, nah, Mark, you know, I'm going to sit out the rest of the year and just you know kind of figure this out because I don't want to get back out there. I don't think it's worth it, me going back out there, which I know this is a team that's kind of rebuilding. They're not a championship team, so I don't think it's worth me going back out there to, to re-injure myself. So I'm going to wait for the rest of the year to sit it out. But, you know, set it out, then just kind of like I think that might be it for me. Yeah. Now that was dope. But I that still was... love the ball. You know, like we ballers at heart at the end of the day. That's why I think the big three has helped me kind of, you know, play at a high level but not having to practice every day. It's only half court. I ain't got to run up and down the court. Mm -hmm. yeah. But the big thing for me was my kids were so young when I was playing, and especially being in Miami, they didn't really understand. They didn't remember. They don't really remember. Yeah. But being in the big three is such a joy for them. Yeah. Seeing their daddy play on and TV, they, and, coming and to the game. Son, and they get to be in the, the locker game. room. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that, the that was what I said for me. Like I was, I'm like you. For I, my whole career, I didn't have my kids. Mm -hmm. weren't, you know, weren't, I didn't have my kids to the end and after right. my career. So... They didn't get to see experience daddy hooping right. and daddy being that guy or none right. of that. And even when they got to see me playing the big three, I'm still not that guy that I right. that I was but back then. But it's a joy for them. No, he but it was like wasn't for that them guy to be in the big three. He definitely wasn't that guy. <laughs>
<laughs> like I was like I, like I we got was that talking chip, about. You, you, you feel me though? You I'm feel me? I got that chip in. I got that bracelet. Like, my shit Hey, listen, man. Listen, you can't tell me nothing. When I came to the crib, I got a champion yeah. kings welcome. My I kids was there. They popping on Instagram. They popping confetti yeah. bottles, going crazy. We popping real champagne. So. You're uh, okay. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like uh, from that standpoint, like you say, being in a locker room, mm-hmm. getting to be just to be in that environment, being around Big Baby, yeah, Chris and Birdman, yeah. like everybody, like my kids looking like Big Baby is the great. You know, he a fool. Him right. and Birdman, like they FaceTime Allen with them. Allison, so like all of, all of that, that being yeah. able to be around all of that and come be on a road. Mm-hmm. That little those weekends, that was dope for me, man. Yeah. Like I'm done with it now. Right. But you know, it's a lot of fun though. It was it, listen, it a was lot a, of fun. It, it was definitely good times, getting a chance to be back in the locker room, right. hanging with the guys for those weekends. Mm-hmm. And you know, we all peers, so you know, yep. everybody know each other. And that was always the best part, that yep. fellowshipping and kicking it. And it was like, we was out there to compete, but it wasn't like we going back to where we about to kill each other. Right, but we right. want to compete and right. it get real fast. When yeah, you see like, what, gets... it's cameras, it's TV, people watching. Like, it ain't like, oh, this ain't no beer. Hold nah. on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> it started getting competitive for you because you kept you wanted to win a championship. I wanted to win. Man. That's right. <laughs> you wanted to I'm win a championship. Because I mean, getting... you kept going all the way to the championship. Uh, and then I lose. Falling short. Hey, I want to ask you about something that I know a lot of people probably don't know. And I was shocked when I found out about it. That, like, you went to horses. Yeah. You, like, own, <laughs> this man owned horses. Like, the, the Kentucky Texas Derby. Boy, like, yeah. sent him off the race. And he breathed yeah. them. And, like, look. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I just seen 50 Cent said the other day, when you went to the rodeos and the horse, you, yeah. you, you got money. The rodeo so, you know going on now. Yeah, you, yeah. Got, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Man got money over here. So how did you get into horses Man, I, and owning horses? And one of your horses like placed the in a race, right? Yeah, he made the, actually made the Kentucky Derby, which is very hard to do. There's been people in that business for 20, 30 plus years and have never ran a horse in the Kentucky Derby. But I got into it, uh, one of my close friends, Jake Ballas, I grew up with here in Houston. We didn't go to high school together, but we played on the same AAU team together. So we knew each other all throughout high school. He went to U of H. We, I knew each, we knew each other when I was pro. And then when I got to Orlando, his dad did it when he was a kid, a long time ago. But he got out of the business, so he decided to get back into it. They was getting a whole lot of guys, group of guys together to get into the horses. And they asked me about it if I wanted to get into it with them. So I'm like... I know about it, I watch it, but I don't know the back end about it. Like right. the breeding and the buying the horses or the stud fees yeah, and all this yeah. other stuff. So I was like, let me do some research on that part of it and then I'll let you know in a couple months if I want to do it or not. So I kind of did my research a little bit on it and I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll try it. But you know, I went small in mm-hmm. on the first horse, which is named Joining the Dance. And that horse ends up winning a lot of points to make the Kentucky Derby, the very first horse we get. Mm. So we thought it was like, oh, is this it's easy? It's like this? Like, <laughs> and, you know, we was a long shot in the derby. We wasn't picked to win it, but it was such was an dead. experience. Yeah, I, I had a genuine the, rush. I no, actually, I wasn't there. No, no, because I was in the playoffs. Uh, I couldn't go. You went at some point. I've been, I've been going a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, when I wasn't playing, I was always there. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm going next year. <laughs> I'm going next up. year too. I love it, man. I just, I'm really a fan of it. But we was in the playoffs with the Magic at the time, and they was like, "Are you going? Are you going to go down there? You're not playing." I was like, "I wanted to go, but I was like, no, nah, I can't go. It won't look good. I'm at the Kentucky Derby, and I got to come back and play a game." But I can remember the horse. We long shot, broke out the gate, led the pack all the way around to that last turn. So we like, we, we knew we wasn't gonna win the race. When he came around that last turn, we started sweating and getting that adrenaline rush. Like, 
Louis looking at each other and hitting each other like, oh <laughs> shit, we finally got a chance to win. Then it just seemed like he started moonwalking backwards. Like, right, these are <laughs> we finished in like sixth place, which is good for us. You know what I'm saying? Because we was like 50 to one odds, long shot. But, you know, we ended up losing that race. But the, just being there, having the experience was such an amazing time. It was my first time being at the Derby, never been before in my life. Well, not that year, but I started going after that. And that's a bucket list thing. I don't know if y'all ever been, but no, I, I would say that. go at least once. Everybody you know what I'm saying? That. At least once you should go. And it's, it's a good time. Man. I went to the Kentucky Derby, but I didn't go to the... To the races? <laughs> yeah, just, I've been once. You just having a good time, yeah, right? Yeah, I already went down there for the festivities one time. <laughs> but to this day, I kind of got out of it a little bit. I'm kind of small into the game. You know, it's a group of guys, a bunch of us, because it gets expensive. Mm. And I learned that after we got that first horse making a derby, and then we got purchased by four more horses, but they wasn't worth nothing, but they right. cost a lot of money. Mm. But not only they cost money to buy them, you got to pay for the boarding, the feeding, the training. Like if they not winning, if they winning races, it pays for itself and you get money. Right. But if they not winning races, it's a lot of bills. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to pay for the training and you got to pay for the horses to be with that trainer yeah. everywhere they go. And it's seasonal. They're in Florida during the you know, winter time. They run in New York, Saratoga during the summer, Kingland, Kentucky. So they move around a little bit. If you don't have a horse, uh, at least one good horse that can win races, it's not worth it, I don't think. You know, I learned that. We thought it was easy because our first horse made the derby, but nah. <laughs> Tell us about the Rashad Lewis Academy. Rashad Lewis Academy is something. And, uh, that, and that gym you build. It's something that's been going that, on that for a while, boy. man. It's my boys, the twins, Edward and Emmanuel. They started the uh, AAU team when I, when I was still playing in the league. So it's something that they built up when I was still playing. And I come back home and kind of help them out a little bit during the summertime. But, you know, this is something that they built. So it's like their baby almost. And... You know, we have from young kids from fifth grade all the way up to high school kids, especially during the year when kids are playing school ball. We had a fall ball for the younger kids, also as well as training. And then when kids start playing school ball, of course, it's just when you start the AU season. But we do training year round. And it's more of giving back to the community because I can remember growing up as a kid. It wasn't a lot of places to play basketball or have that type of training. Yeah, we played open gym after school, but that was about right. it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I feel like me growing up in the Houston area, especially being from here and having the success I've had in basketball, you know, I got to give it to this next generation of kids. And then I end up having my own son. So I'm really happy that the twins did decide to start this program while I was still playing. And now that I'm home, you know, I can kind of be a little bit more hands-on, but I still allow them to run it because this is something that they started. And, you know, these are two guys that are, that are my best friends. So I'm still hands-on with it, helping them out and doing my part here and there. But this is something that, the twins really do. You know, this is like that thing. This is what they've been doing for a long time, 15 plus years. So I really just enjoy helping them. When was the first time you heard Sweet Lou? Seattle. Kevin Calabro gave me that name. <laughs> he was, you know, commentator for the yeah. signs at the time. And I don't know why he called me that, but when he did, he just, he would always call me that, you know, doing the games. And I just kind of ran with it. And then Nike put it on my shoe. When you know how they would send you, they would yeah, put whatever name you want yeah. on there. So that's when I really took off with it. <laughs> but that name came gotta, from Kevin Calabro. Look, 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 got an alter ego. Yeah. <laughs> I guess because the way I played the game, I wasn't like, you know, the biggest trash talker. Just kind of out there, get the job done real smooth. Not flashy, but at the end of the day, you look at the scorecard, you're like, damn, he had 21 and 10, but it doesn't look like that. You know what I'm saying? It was always, I think that's why he started calling me Sweet Lou. How was it you like when you was in Orlando, you was playing the stretch floor? Like I said, you big enough to play the stretch floor and you know, 
it's still some big guys right. that's playing the four that, you know, they, they powerful and strong. But you were so much a threat on offense that it, it go hand in hand. Yeah, if you, you get the ball every time down here, I'm going to shoot three every right. time down here. So how was it for you to be part of the group to – See now that all you see is stressful. Like you'll be a five. Yeah, you know it's crazy. Oh, funny wow. you said that because a lot of people said I can probably play in today's league because of the way they play the game. Small ball, stretch four. I remember a couple of memes came out when they started calling Clay Thompson and uh, Curry the Splash Brothers. Bro. Then they had you know the original Splash Brothers talking about me and Ray Allen. Yeah. Because we was always shooting threes, but the way that, like you said, I think that's why I use that to my advantage, and that's why I was successful to play for 16 years in the NBA because I was before my time, if you can kind of say it, yeah. like being 16, able to shoot the three as well as go out and post up on the block, yeah. kind of playing two positions. I was kind of before my time, and it worked out to my advantage, and and I tried my best to use it to my advantage. Because I was skinny, like you said. I yeah. couldn't bang with the big boys. I hated banging with him. Yeah. And I was taller than him, but I didn't have that beef on me to bang with him. So yeah. I, if I had the smaller guy on me, I would just go post him up. But if I couldn't back you down, I'm just going to turn around and shoot it over you because I got the height. But then after I, when I kept doing that, they would put the big man on me. I can't bang with you. Yeah. So you come your butt out here to this three-point line, and I'm athletic enough to run around you. But yeah, move them feet, boy. Yeah, and, and – and then kind of evolved into the game today. You know, they say the game's a little softer, but, you know, it's just a lot of skilled players out there. It's a lot of talent. And yeah, but you be skilled, but if you get that, that hump right there on right. that hip, that knock all that it off knock rhythm. knock it all off rhythm. <laughs> but that's when it comes into lifting and, and, and putting yeah. in the work. But now that the league, even Joel Embiid playing center can knock down a three. You know, you have uh, – Yeah, and Lopez, the the brothers that they can shoot. You know, they're they not out there shooting, home. like, consistently. Brooke but is. Brooke, I was about to he, say. They can <laughs> knock it down. So yeah. – and a lot of that goes into the coaches allowing the bigs to shoot because yeah. I can remember back then, you let a center shoot a three during our time. Mm. You come out of the game, you sit yeah. on the bench, or the coach going to get into you about yeah. that. But nowadays, they're allowing them to do a little bit more freedom. It's more offense than defense. I play for a defensive-minded coach. But nowadays, the, today's NBA, they want to see these guys score. What did you think you would do if you was able to shoot 10 to 15 threes a game? Whew. Man, I probably would have averaged. <laughs> I probably been more than a two-time All-Star. <laughs> but with me, man, I was the type of player to where I didn't go out there to jack up a lot of shots. I took what, what came to me. Yeah. You know, I, I never forced the issue. And sometimes that kind of hurt me a little bit, especially when I was in Orlando. They saying he's not worth this or that. But the I right played way. the game to win. I didn't go yeah. out there to get numbers and uh, – to please the fans yeah. or try to make the all. It yeah. was all about well, winning. Look at the yeah, you know, it was all about <laughs> winning win. for me because I knew Dwight Howard was our number one option. Even though I probably was the highest paid on the team at the time before yeah. he got his deal, but he was the number one option. I was okay with that because by him being the number one option, got us to the finals. Yeah. Turkaloo was our probably, I would probably say number two option because he had the ball in his hands most yeah. of the time running pick and roll. And I was fine with that because at the end of the day, we was winning ball games. It was be some nights I had nine, ten points. Yeah, you know, in the back, as a basketball player, we upset about it, yeah. but I didn't... You was a winner. Yeah, so I didn't go to that. the team and have bad energy and be pouting on the yeah. bench because I wanted to win. If we won that game, I can remember going back to Seattle when I went to Orlando, first game back in Seattle. Of course I wanted to have 40 on their head, but I think I probably had 10 points, but we won the game. Yeah. And I was just as excited in the locker room. I can remember um, Coach pulling me to the side like, man, I really appreciate the attitude you have because I know you wanted to have a good game coming back here to this building. 
but you didn't have a good game. You played, it didn't didn't work out for you, but you just as excited as everybody else because we won the game. So uh-huh. with me, it was all about winning. It wasn't all about adding the stats. I could I could definitely co-sign that because when I came there, you know, I came there after being with the Heat. Yeah. We didn't even finish the whole season together because you ended up getting traded. Traded to D.C. for Gilbert Arenas. For Gilbert Arenas, exactly. Mm -hmm. But, like, just the whole – it was kind of like because Vince got traded for Jay Rich. Jay Rich. He got traded for – Yeah. He got traded – like, so it was like that year it just – whatever, the gumbo wasn't right. They they, they, they didn't feel like the gumbo was right, so they was making moves. But I remember when I first came to the team, and, you know, I was like, man, I get to play. You know, me and Sweet Luke go way back. Like, we was – we was kicking. I was like, and I and I and I knew then, it didn't contract being the match. None of that mattered for him. It was like he was bought into the team, and right. I felt like that about you know Vince and everybody we had right. there. It just you now you get with some team sometime, and it's just not working, and the team has to do something, and mm-hmm. it, you don't know what that something's gonna be. Because mm-hmm. I felt like it could have been anybody that got moved when they when we remember when it was going on. We was kind of all looking, looking around, around like, I don't like, know man, what the fuck about next? to happen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, and it was like chips fell. I was like, damn, because you know I had I was like on a four year, not minimum, but barely over the minimum deal leaving from uh, Miami. From Miami and, you yeah. know I had been through where I didn't been moved. Boom, boom, boom. I was like, yeah. I'm about to be. Yeah. I didn't think it was gonna be Vince by no means. <laughs> like for real, it was like they came with Jade Vince, which I was like, damn, for Jay real. I was like, I can't believe I last you. Know right. I'm like I'm just knowing, you know, I got that throw-in type contract. Right. And then you went. I was like, damn. But like, you know, it was like that was one of the chances you get. Like when even when I played with Al with the Knicks or mm-hmm. even in Orlando, it was like this one of my partners that I really knew from mm-hmm. when we first started Back doing this. It's like, damn, we get a chance to play a little bit together. Yep. And White Chocolate J. Will was on that team. Man. That was like one of the bugs, <laughs> one of the coolest, the craziest, He coolest texted me before I came over here, too. That's it. And listen, we were trying to get bugs on him, man. He's so elusive. <laughs> J. Williams, White Chocolate, if you listening, you already know. He got a, He know a lot about basketball, though, boy. Trust me. He's, he's got playing. the knowledge. He's still, golf and basketball is what he do. Yep, that's all he been doing, too. He's still doing it. Trust huh? me. Trust me. <laughs> All right, now this don't got nothing to do with you, but how does it feel to be like part of an elite class of like ballers that went straight out of high school, like the KGs, yeah. the, the Kobe's, LeBron, T Mac? <laughs> this, this don't have nothing to do with you. You don't even need to talk. Now you gotta right make now. that personal with me, but though. To us, how does it feel to be, you know, and be one of them success stories? Man, I feel in it, that, it's that. definitely a blessing. I'm ex- I was honored to be able to go straight out of high school and, and get into the NBA, but not only that, but stay in the league because yeah. we know how hard it is to stay in the league, especially get drafted in the league. But it's just, like you said, it's a, it's a different class of a lot of guys because it's night and day, you know, so you don't really know what you're getting yourself into because no. this could have been a lot of things that happened that kind of worked out for me uh. that I was able to make the team that first year because if it went different, like it wasn't a lockout yeah. or – you know, it's just any little tweak. It could it could have yeah, went the other way for guys him. that didn't make it because like we all thought Cole Young was he the, was the he one was the that be, he, he was the number one. He's the player. one looked like a man out of man all child. of us. <laughs> yes, like, we knew Straight he up. was gonna be you know be that guy for a long job. time. Yeah. And it just and that's just how to you know sometimes how the ball bounces. Okay like if I say, agree with that. I saw Cole. No, nah, you don't really got nothing to do with it. You know, like like I How did you feel about that when you came out of high school? I might have flipped that. <laughs> I, I feel dope just to be even mentioned with, you know, all the players that right. came straight out of high school. Like, J.O. kind of put it to my attention one time I was hearing him. He was 
always saying like the straight out high school guys is like a, a, a elite group that's mm -hmm. inside a, a bigger group. And I feel like that too, cause yeah. like it's, it's- Is it an elite group or just a different group? No, it's an elite group, cause we elite. It's a lot of elite <laughs> straight out high school guys that came out. Don't disrespect. Get, stay out of this, like I said. It's an elite group in the bigger group, like I said. Teenagers but, in the league. Yeah. <laughs> I was a teenager you know in the league, too. I just wasn't oh, out of high school, though. You feel me? You're so, right, you're right. You're you know. Right. Yeah, you know. But, <laughs> you know. Why are you interrupting my stuff, bro? <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like we, we is a part of a league group that guys that took a chance to mm -hmm. skip college, something that, you know, the world at the time was programmed right. for all of us to go to college and do this whole process. Right. And we ain't never seen it before. KG just it. did it two years, three mm -hmm. years before you. Mm -hmm. you and then the crazy saying? part is I always wonder though, what if I went to college or what if? Yeah. What if I played in the tournament or what if I did this or did that? Yeah. I wonder how it would have came out. I be thinking about that too all the time. If I would have won, getting to the tournament, Elite A, Final yeah. Four. I always when still guys to this like day this think about it. Little college stories, yeah. I'm like, look at this guy, college, <laughs> college kid. You know what I'm saying? Just I did watch him in college though. I did watch the did. football you saw the phone. I did see you the saw, You saw me lead the country and rebound as a freshman at 6'5". What'd you say? Oh, okay. In college. Huh? In college. Yeah, what? Yeah. Huh? What you talking about? didn't play college. That didn't matter to us. Hey, all I'm just saying is that at the level that I was at, that was the top level that I was at, mm -hmm. people thought when they saw me in person, they thought I was 6'9". They yeah. were like, how you 6'5"? Like, five? like, like well, oh, okay. Played that way. Listen, man, listen, as one of my classmates, class of 98 <laughs> in the building, man, I appreciate my dog, yes, Sweet Lou, an NBA too, world brother. champion in the building, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, we got to show love, man. We with that Hennessy, you know, that yeah. BSOP is very, very special. Privilege. Every timing for the playoffs. And, you know, we got them boys on the back. You know, they didn't gave us now, this a look. classic right here. You know what I'm saying? This got to go in the trophy case with the... You yeah, feel this got gotta go. I don't even know if I want to drink it now because I got that <laughs> bottle of champagne I got from the Miami hey, Heat when I won a championship. It ain't open yet because it got that championship logo I seen on it. it. UD got the same one. We sent <laughs> it, ain't it even in open. the bar. So, you know, you want to so put it So, this might there, not know, get the open. The kid from East Saint, the kid from Chicago, we, you know, we yeah. made it to the Hennessy bottles. Hey, I appreciate it. Y'all tune in. Forever man. family. Sweet Lou, H Town, live on location. Yeah, this sure. Houston's finest, y'all. Knuckleheads. We want to thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also find all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast and join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players Tribune.com